together to give thanks to God for what God had brought forth from the, the spring plantings. So if we enter into a time of giving thanks to God, especially as you see all of the kids here, we're thankful for all that we have been given, but we have to be asking the question, what seeds have we been planting? What seeds are you planting in your own life that God can work with in order to bring forth the fruit? We're here to talk about our children's ministry, and one of, the, of all of the canvases that we have, my favorite has got to be the one that's over here, because I don't care how old you are, I don't care what you do for a living, I don't care how much money you make or what car you drive, I don't even care what problems that you may have or you may perceive that you have in your life. You are a child of God. You've been claimed as a child of God. And God is not one of those family members that, that throws you out whenever you disobey. Now, granted, sometimes God may need to put you over his knee once in a while, but we all need that from time to time. And as a result of that, as we gather this morning as a community to remember and we look around at all the other faces, we recognize that I'm a child of God. And, and I want to ask you those three questions. I know it. Do you know it? Do you believe it? Do you believe that you are a child of God? And then what does that, what does that mean for you? Tell me about your family relationships. Uh, do, do you love it? Or does it just get you excited on a Monday morning? And say, it's not just an ordinary Monday morning. It's a God-filled Monday morning. Uh, God has put you where you are in the community that you are in, in the house that you have, with the family that you have, in order to be the salt and the light in that place. I love knowing that. And as a result of that, I want to live it. I, I want to live it out in practical ways. We, we look at scriptures for guidance, and we, and we look for opportunities to express that joy and that abundant life that God has in store for us. But we also live in the flow of time which means on Monday morning, events will try their very darndest to suck the life out of you. Do you know what that's like? How many of you have a, <laughs> how many of you have a job like that? All right, that, that it, it just seems to, to suck the life out of you. We're here to celebrate the kids that we have. We're here to celebrate that they are a vital part of what we do and who we are. Because I chose this picture particularly because it, it kind of reflects for me, there are two things. In presenting a message, there's, all, there's always the text, there's always the main ideas, but there's also an image. There, there's a part about this picture that I can't describe to you. It says, you know, a thousand words that I can't. See, all of our children are looking to us, parents, grandparents, uh, neighbors that gather here on a Sunday morning, they're asking you a simple question every time. Every time they see you, you are imparting to them an answer. And, and here's the question, who am I? Who am I? What does it mean in this life? By, by all of the times that we correct them and say, no, don't. And, and here's the thing that's interesting to me. When children are very little, when they're basically like preschool, when they're you know, really little, this is what they look like. Right? What does that mean? Well, it means they're very artistic. They're just very out there, right? Especially when you see the kids up here, isn't there a sense of freedom? They, they want to tell you stuff. And, and for parents that are sitting out there, sometimes they, they tell you stuff you wish they wouldn't have told you. But they're willing to share. They're willing to engage. Now, if I were to get a bunch of you adults and have you up here, 
I bet all of you would not say a word. You wouldn't talk at all. You'd be too embarrassed. What if? You're too, cons- you're too absorbed in what other people think about you, how, how you're perceived, uh, what you look like. So, so you don't talk at all. And there's something that has happened. We're, we're losing something, aren't we? That energy, that enthusiasm of the kids. And here's what I want, want to ask, and we talk about children's ministry as I, I kind of do this little preamble. Here's the question I want to ask. When do kids start caring more about other people's opinions? When do they start, instead of coming up here, right? We, we had Lennon and, and uh, up here playing around, right? There's going to come a time in his life, maybe when he's a teenager, well, man, I ain't never going up there because he's more concerned about what other people think of him than the energy and the exuberance that's in his life. After a little while, children start to look a little more like this. There's less of the artist, there's less of the energy. There's a recent study that was shown that by the age of eight, most kids have more negative opinions of themselves. Most of you adults, Most of you have more negative opinions about your appearance, what you have, what you do. We try and cover it up in different ways by what we wear on a Sunday morning, how we present ourselves, what we do for a living, how much we own and how much we can control. And as a result of that, that cascades into our children. We want them to have good grades. We want them to be on the ball team. We ask, how did your team do? We, we measure them and, and subtly, by subtle cues, we're giving them an idea that their value to us is by what they do, how they perform. When you have little kids, when you just have preteens, they don't get that. And so they're wild and free and, and they're creative and they're, they're joyful. But as they grow older, our subtle cues continue to reinforce that they are what they do and what they have. So that by the time we get to be our age, as we get to be adults, we're burnt out. I can't run anymore. I'm tired of chasing carrots. I'm tired of trying to be on that treadmill just always going. We're, We're looking for something more. So our children's ministry is really about How do we reinforce that? And here's what I want you to do. I've put out on on the church's Facebook page a video of a study that was done with preschoolers showing how we, by subtle cues, and here's one of the biggest subtle cues that you can give a child. When they're talking to you, look at your phone. It tells them by a subtle cue, you don't matter to me. That's harsh, isn't it? But it's true. Studies have shown that we are telling our kids their value in subtle little ways that we're unaware of. So what we want to do as part of our children's ministry is I I want to try and think of it in terms of a battery, if I can. What I mean is, is as we grow up, as God has birthed us into this world, we come with joyful enthusiasm. We're, we're exuberant for life. Life is a, is a game. It's a party. It's a playtime. It's joyful, and, and everything is positive. But as we kind of move along the scale, we come down and we drain energy. And, and maybe you're feeling, even this morning, in your own life, that your batteries are running on empty. I want to read this story. It's a very classic story from from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus was gathered with his disciples and people started bringing their children. You you know this story. And they started bringing their children and people said, don't bother him. He's an important guy. 
He's got things to do. Why are you bothering him with the children? And Jesus has this wonderful phrase that that people have been wrestling with, with for the last two millennia. He said, let the children come to me because if you don't see the world through their eyes, if you can't grasp it the way they do, you can't see it. It's passing by you. You will never enter it. Not because you will be barred from it. You just won't see it when it's staring you right in the face. Once, when some mothers, it's always the mothers, right? When mothers were bringing their children to Jesus to bless them, the disciples were shooing them away, mostly men, sorry about that, and telling them, don't bother him. But when Jesus saw what was happening, he was very much displeased with his disciples, and he said to them, let the children come to me, for the kingdom of The kingdom of God belongs to such as they. Don't send them away. He said, for I tell you as seriously as I know how that anyone who refuses to come to God as a little child will never be allowed to enter into it. Then he took the children into his arms and he placed his hands on their head and he blessed them. This is the word of God for the people of God. So when we think about children, as they go through different stages. We find that in the early childhood years, you might describe a child, a small one anyway, with the following. They, they tend to be explorers, right? They tend to be creative. They're, they're, everything is possible for them. Um, they're energetic. They, they believe they're passionate. Have you ever had a kid to come and say, hey, just watch me, watch me, watch me, just watch me. I'm so excited, I'm trying new things. They're exploring because for them, life is good and safe and kind. That's inherently how the world appears to a small child. Now, in our world, in our broken, time-consumed, possession-oriented world, we suck that life out of them. And by the time they get to adolescence, and right, adolescence is a wonderful time of the, the year, isn't it? They become much more cautious. If I had a bunch of, of young teenagers up here, and I was gonna do a children's time with them, would any of them say anything? Because they're cautious, they're com- they, we, we inherently make them competitive. One of the hardest things that I always see is whenever you go to the grocery store and they have those magazines at the rack, right? And they have like Glamour, ma- that, now please don't ask why I'm looking at Glamour magazine, but they have all of these magazines, right? And this is what the image of perfection looks like. They're highly competitive. They tend to be shy and they tend to be more withdrawn. If you bring teens up here, they say, I can't do that, I couldn't do that. Because by the time they've reached adolescence, they've learned that life is scary and for some of them that life is ugly and that it's limited. And as a result of that, they need to fill up that battery. If the battery gets too low on your phone, what do you need to do? You go plug it back into the source. If they don't have a good source to plug it in, they will plug it in to another source. You cannot let that battery go to empty. It will not go to empty. It will fill itself on something, even if what it's feasting on is lies and emptiness. As a result, teens at some point will feast on other things and it will come out as disobedience, anger, defiance, resentment. So we as a church think we need to intercede for your kids, for the neighbors that live around you. We believe that parents have a limited amount of power. 
Parents, you do not have total power in your kid's life. Other forces have a voice in their upbringing. But by your example, they will mimic what you place in their heart. If you're not consistent in what you believe, don't expect them to be consistent in what they believe. As they grow older, as they grow into adolescence, somebody else begins to take over. They become peer-dominated. At some point in their life, parents begin to have less authority and power, and parents begin, and, and friends and neighbors, and they will become and mimic the five friends that they hang around with. Show me your five friends, and I will show you your future. Okay? Begin to understand peers have a dominant voice. So what we want to do as children's ministry is get them in that early stages, in those early, and, and let them know that God loves them. We want them to have, I'm going the wrong way. We want to have a friend, a mentor, somebody in the church that knows them and believes in them that is outside those two groups. That's the power of our children's ministry because we believe that when kids actually see God for who he is, they will trust what he says about who they are. And what does God say about you? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I have a plan for your life. Jesus came to live and die that you could live eternally with him because he's given you gifts. That's the message that we want for them, for their future. As all of these kids are here, they have a bright future, but they don't know it yet. Never assume that kids understand that they're awesome. We have to remind them all the time because when they go to school, life will begin to suck that energy out. You have to plug them back into the source. And so for your kids, for your grandchildren, for your neighbors and friends, they are looking to you for this simple answer. Who am I? Who am I? And here's the bottom line. If you don't answer that question, somebody else will. And the answer that they get from out there may not be the one you want them to have or that will, will help them survive in the future. That's our, that's our, our vision, that's our, our mission. I, I want to invite Kristen, who's the uh, children's director. She's gonna come up and tell you a little bit more about what we do. Morning. It's good to be in your presence this morning. Um, I can relate so much to what Pastor Steve has said just because um, I have two children of my own. And I was raised in church. Um, I know some children don't have that luxury, weren't fortunate enough to be raised in church, but I was raised in church. Um, my pastor is a, re or my papal is a, past is a retired minister um, from the Nazarene Church. So I got a lot of bringing, you know, values and things from him. And I'm grateful for that. But I'm passionate about this ministry because I know a lot of children don't have that luxury. A lot of children didn't have someone that believed in them, that told them how great they were, that told them how awesome they were. And I want to be that driving force and help everyone in our ministry to be able to do that. Um, we know the challenges are much harder for children nowadays than what it was when we were growing up. Um, sometimes they go through things like they have ill family members, they have families going through addictions, um, they sometimes can be the victim of a bullying incident, the list goes on and on. Our ministry does and will always strive to provide a safe environment for all kids. 
We seek to show them how much they are loved and cared for and how much their spiritual development means to us. They need to know how they are important and special and that God created them for a special purpose. We want to give them a sense of belonging, a place where they know they can be with us and be themselves, to learn about God and to feel safe with trusted adults. The devil is out there, we know that, and he tries to target our little ones much more because they are easily tempted and very impressionable. There's a window of opportunity between the ages of four and 14 that gives us, meaning the families in a church, the chance to reach them and teach them about the gospel before it's too late. During those 10 years, children form ideas and beliefs that will stay with them the rest of their lives. 43% of these kids will make a commitment to Christ. That is very, very important that we are there for them now and not later. Within our ministry, Kids First, we are available for anywhere from birth to fifth grade. That's our realm. Those are the kids that we're trying to target, and we want to reach the gospel to them at that time. And within our ministry, we have several values that we want to instill upon them. Um, part of our mission is to teach the gospel in a way that's relevant to all of our kids. So we have Bible study classes for every stage of their development, as you can see from your bulletin. Uh, we've established values that we hope to impress on our kids, values that will set the tone for their learning and their spiritual development. We seek to teach that they can always trust God, make wise choices, and treat others as they would want to be treated. Our kids are encouraged to ask God for wisdom and guidance and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, sharing God's love with everyone. Can they learn these values at home? Of course. But we want to continue fostering and supporting all of those values and ideas at church so that when they are faced with these struggles, which they, we know they will be, they know that they have a firm foundation and a huge church family to always fall back on for support. In order to reach our kids, we've designed four elements that kind of help guide our mission. And we look at the word kids and we've got each letter that stands for something. So K stands for kingdom living. And in order to reach our kids, we've done this and it helps us to focus on ideas that will meet our kids' needs. It, kingdom living is the most important and the highest priority to us. We seek to teach our kids the importance of living a life for Jesus. What does that look like? We strive to encourage regular Bible reading, praying, and worshiping God. God has also called all of us to treat others with love and kindness. So we encourage acts of caring continuously. For example, in our Rising Stars program, we invite the children and their families to participate in two service projects each year. We also talk about random acts of kindness during the month of February. I stands for interactive learning. The strategies that we implement at each stage of development are important for reaching all of our kids because we know that they all learn differently. We do our best to teach in a variety of ways to meet their needs. Our kids have fun learning through listening to Bible stories, watching Bible videos, uh, singing and dancing to worship songs, playing games, and doing crafts to remember the lessons, what the lessons were about. We're also super excited about our newly renovated kids space. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go downstairs. And even if you have seen it in the last year, it's gonna look a little bit different right now because we are trying something new with our kids church this fall, which I'll get to that later. 
Um, we're excited about that, and if, you know, at this point last year, we hadn't even torn the wall down in between the two rooms, and now we have one large space for all of our larger group activities, and I just can't say thank you enough to everyone who made that possible for all your uh, financial help and your support and the manual labor. I really appreciate it. And then D stands for dedicated participation. We also want our kids to know the importance of being dedicated to what God is calling them to. God calls us to be faithful and obey what he asks us to do. We want our kids to feel dedicated and to feel that they have a place to belong. That they get to the point where they say, I don't want to miss church. I hope some of your kids are saying that. Or they might say, I want to show a new friend what we get to do at church. We strive to make it so exciting and engaging and fun that they wouldn't want to be anywhere else. S stands for silliness. There's always room for a little silliness. Having fun and creating laughter here at Mount Pleasant is what we're all about. Kids love to be silly, and I like to be silly with them. And what better way to allow them to be themselves where they feel safe and loved, just ask anyone who's participated in our talent show. And just to give you a little piece of all the fun that we have, uh, I'm gonna have a little video shown for you here. Thank you guys so much. Um, it's hard to hold back the tears. I, I saw it during the first service and it was amazing. So I'm just so passionate about this ministry. I can't say enough about it. And thank you, Cassie, for putting that together. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much. Um, we have a special team of, of volunteers. It's not just you guys, it's not just us. We're a unified effort. We're doing this together to reach our kids because the time is now. We have to reach them when we can because the world's gonna teach them otherwise, like we've always heard. So if we don't do things now, they're gonna slip by, they're gonna slip through the cracks. Um, the world's gonna tell them what they think of themselves instead of how we feel and how we know God views them. Um, and I just wanted, I wanna brag on my volunteers. So we have an amazing team. If you all wouldn't care, I want the Sunday school teachers and the kids church and the Rising Stars leaders to come up. Come on up, guys. And this is just not, I mean, this is not all of them. So, I mean, you can just imagine, we've got this many up here now. Think about, I mean, and even, you know, think about VBS, how many volunteers we had during that week. There are so many people within the, this church that helps us with this ministry. I just can't say thank you enough. Um, first of all, we got Tiffany Tucker here on my right, your left. Um, she helps with our nursery downstairs. Um, Kayla Gandy is our other worker. She's downstairs right now taking care of our little ones. So if you have any babies to age three, that's where they would go, downstairs with Tiffany or Miss Kayla. And then we have Miss Jessie Riffle here. She is our newbie. She's joining our Rising Stars crew. Starting next week, Rising Stars will be ages four to fifth grade. So if you are interested, you haven't been a part of that, make sure you talk to Jessie, myself, or one of the other Rising Stars leaders. We'd be happy to get you plugged in. Um, and I can't say thank you to Jessie enough because 
we need an extra person, our ministry's growing. That's an awesome thing to, to go through, to, to know that we need an extra person to help. So we appreciate her help so much. Um, next, we have Kelly Shepard. She is our Sprouts leader. She's do, she does first, second, and third grade. And she just has the sweetest disposition. I can't say enough about her. She's awesome with the kids. Uh, the kids just love her. They do so many different uh, fun games and activities with her, and they have a really good time. I know any of the kids out there that have had her could vouch for that and say the same thing. So we re really appreciate her. Connie Dellinger, she is our saplings leader. She's got the fourth and fifth graders, and she's amazing. She is one of our leaders that I look up to so much because she does way more than I ever dreamed a Sunday school teacher would do. She challenges the kids. She gives them incentives. Um, she's praising them all the time with rewards and, and teaching them. Her Bible knowledge blows me away. So I just really appreciate all that she is for our kids and all that she does. Um, next is Christy Archer. She is our leader for Rising Stars, one of our leaders. Um, she's wonderful with her Bible knowledge too, and she has a wonderful big heart for our kids. She loves our kids dearly, and we appreciate her so much. Um, and then we have Dolores Bibby here. She is with our preschool and kindergarten class. And we are so thrilled to add Tanya Bailey to that class this year. I am so happy. Um, we have very, very energetic. You know how energetic preschoolers and kindergartners can be. And Tanya is going to assist Dolores this, this fall, and we are just so looking forward to that. So we really appreciate her coming along. Lynette Guidon is our kids' church leader during our 1045 service, and we are very thankful for her. She's been doing this kind of stuff for a very long time, um, very experienced. She loves our children, Bible knowledge on point. I just love it. I, the kids learn so much with her, and she's very engaging, um, does lots of games with them, and gets them all involved. Kids' church is ages 4 to 5th grade, in case you weren't sure. And then we have Melanie Garrett. She's also one of our Rising Stars leaders. So we've got Rising Stars, we've got Melanie, Christy, myself, and Jesse this year. So, and that starts next um, Sunday on September 15th. We're kicking off with a pizza party. So if the kids are interested, ages 4 to 5th grade, you need to come see us next Sunday on the 15th at 6.30. And at this time, would you like to pray, Steve? For the, okay. We as a congregation want to pray a blessing over them as they, they have been called out to do a special work of ministry. Um, not only are they called to a special position of leadership, um, but all of you that are gathered here this morning are also called to be an active part in our children's ministry. So let us pray for them as they go and they serve in the name of Christ. Father, we ask a blessing on all of these who have, you've called. You've drawn them out of, from among us and given them the gifts and the talents to impart upon our children the love of Christ, the love of the church, and the love of their family. We ask that as you work through them, they will feel both the joy and the awesome responsibility that they have to provide the very best week in and week out. Father, we trust in you to provide for their needs. We, we ask that you bless them throughout the year, that they will at the end know that they have done a mighty work among us. So bless them, Father. Carry them in your arms. Protect them and guide them. In Jesus' name, amen.